whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron show. Tonight, we kick off our coverage of the 2022 IFAF Women's World Cup. The girls have been in camp and they're flying out to Finland as this episode drops in preparation for the first game, where the Outback will take on second-ranked Team Canada. Tonight, I'm joined by the best panel in the business, and by panel I mean it's Chrissy Moran and me uh, at the moment because Danny's off playing football and Nat's away and Beck's having a baby, so we're going to do the best that we can. But because of this is a special Outback coverage, we are joined for this special World Cup analysis. I've got Renee Redhan. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be back in the country and speaking to people with Australian accents. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's great. When did you get back? I got back about a week and a half ago. Oh, yes. And uh, Dane and I had a little southern tour before we came home. So we, I, we got it all out of our system. I was so ready to come back. And you've come back to the rain. Yeah, but I also missed all the awfulness. It, I think it started raining just before I left. Like the week I was leaving, it was pretty terrible. And then I missed all of it. I missed people's roofs falling in. I missed like all the, the craziness of it, um, my dog being annoying because she couldn't get walked. I missed all of it. It was great. Yeah. And now we're back here mm-hmm. and we get to talk football again, which is something that you've done yes. for the last six months straight. So you should be well-versed and ready to go. I mean. <laughs> so, let's warm this one up here, guys. My question is, you are the OC for the Outback. What play are you calling first? Are you going conservative or a little bit something more unexpected? Moran, what do you got? First play of the first game? Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go a little bit conservative. Um, I'd probably run uh, an inside zone. Um, but if it's the grand final, I'd probably do a trick play and I was thinking hook and ladder. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. Uh, Red, what's your thoughts here? Uh, I'm always going to be conservative. I'd do some sort of power run straight away. Just test them out. See, see what they got up front. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm always going to run the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit outnumbered here with two running backs or people that yeah. like to run the ball. I'm just like, okay, all right, guys. Um, yeah, look, for the first, it's going to be the first snap. So game uh, game nerves and adrenaline is going to be high. I'm inclined to play it safe with an RB run as well, but I'm a fan of catching the defense off guard. So I'll probably try and have a little fun with it and go for a deep pass or maybe even a trick play like a tight end shovel or an end around just to keep it light and airy just to start. Um, but, you know, we get the chance to see that uh, in just a couple of days. So that's really exciting. All right, guys, on that note, let's get straight into it with the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um... And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's finally here. Game one for the Outback. Uh, Chrissy, this is a similar situation to 2017, game one versus Canada. What were the main things that stood out for you when you versed them back then? 
So uh, Canada, um, they obviously have a lot of depth, a lot of um, experience in their teams. Um, they read well on their defense. They read quickly. Um, uh, I do have a very good, fr- oh, very good friends of mine were on the Canadian team, um, which was um, Casey Brick, Cassie Brick, and um, uh, Banger. We like to call her Emily Banger. So uh, Banger is playing. She's a linebacker. Um, she's incredibly talented, and she lives up to her last name. Um, she will come flying down, and she hits pretty hard. So um, you really have to be on on your game with these guys because um, if you hesitate even a little bit, they're there. They're right there. They're they're very quick at reading. They're very good at reacting and adapting. Um, so from a defensive point of view, uh, they're they've got quite a good fit out. Yeah, and Red, I mean, the last time that we faced Canada, um, the outback went down 31-6. to six. Uh, Not a great showing uh, from an offensive perspective, despite Miss Chris Moran running that touchdown in. Um, but what what's the mindset that the girls need to be able to get a win over Canada, do you think, at this point? Um, I'm just going to side note a little bit. Banger is her last name. That is epic. I wish my last name was Banger. That's sick. If I'm a linebacker, my last name's Banger, like watch out. That's so cool. <laughs> um, look, for me, I think the mentality that they're going to have to have is uh, just be ready to be punched in the mouth and stand back up. Like I think Canada are going to be really strong and really relentless. And if they stand back and get shocked after the first couple of reps, then I think we're, they're going to be in trouble. If they're ready for it and they're ready for a bit of a fight, I think, that that's the only chance that, that they're really going to stand up and give Canada something. Um, I think a lot of teams might go on the back foot knowing it's Canada and all that sort of stuff. They just need to be really ready for a fight and know that they're going to cop a couple and do their best to stand up and retaliate. Yeah, that's I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, Red. And I think um, we're, we're the underdog um, and we should play to that. Um, I think, uh, we, you know, we get out there, we've got nothing to lose. Um, and you, you learn so much when you come up against competitors like that. So learning out there and just uh, hopefully um, they'll see their standard they're playing at and the Australians stand up to it too um, and, and get a bit of confidence and surprise themselves. Um, I, I, I think that could be great for the Australian team. I think it's going to be a, a tough game, but if they can absorb um, some of those, those uh, strong hits and things like that, they can take on anybody out there. I mean, coming from you both, um, you know, being a part of the Outback squad, I mean, you get hit harder than you've ever been hit before in your life because you're playing against some really great teams here. But, I mean, from an injury perspective, injuries are going to happen. And I think that there comes a time when you're a player and you need to step in where needed, even if you're not playing that position because there's a limited selection squad. You know, there's 45 girls. If, you know, a long snapper goes down, if an O-line goes down, Red, you'd probably be able to speak to this a little bit more, but what kind of mindset would any of the girls need to have if they are suddenly thrust into a situation where they're playing out of position or, you know, something that they're not entirely familiar with? How should how should they react to that and, and, and how could they overcome some of the nerves or, or get some confidence about them? Yeah, I think as well, like... It, it... It's a good point. Like it doesn't even need to take an injury for things to happen. Sometimes you get over there and they just need a different look. Um, So I think the girls, 
we're hoping that the girls that have been or the ladies that have been, have been selected know the game and <laughs> know it well enough to know what they're going, you know what I mean, what, the game really well, not just their position. Um, but I just think they need to be super ready, keep their, you know, like keep their eyes open at training all the time and see those opportunities. I went into the first Outback camp as a running back and it was pretty clear straight away that there wasn't going to be a big running back. It was going to be a fast-paced offense that really didn't need me. And I put my hand up and ended up being starting left tackle. So it just really, um, it'll work in your favor if, if you're ready to be agile, uh, do whatever it takes to get the green and gold helmet and keep it on and go over there and rep your country in the, with your coat of arms on your chest. Like you just need to be willing to give it all. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you've never been thrust into this situation because you are running back number one. But, uh, you know, if you were in the face with the same situation and you happen to have to go over and play linebacker in a similar situation, which you would love to do, what would be the mindset that you would go in with? Well, uh, I'm, I was actually starting quarterback, if you remember. Um, so I was exactly thrust into a position um, where I hadn't repped at QB before. I'd never repped at QB before. I'd had five seasons under my belt, all of running back. Um, and Stacey's laughing her head off right now because she's having memories come flashing back. But, um, yeah, and it, 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 you go in there because you're right, you've got limited chess pieces on the board, you've got limited players, and you have to move some things around. So um, coaches get to know your strengths, your weaknesses, um, where they can put you. Um, and there is an element of you have to step up, but also um, sometimes you have to play through some pain. Um, I, I got injured out there. I uh, don't know anybody that didn't get injured, but it's not the, it's, it's the hard hitting um, injury. They hit so well and so clean. It's not that kind of um, different uh, injuries that you might be used to here. Um, it's more of that banged up, like it got a bit of a, uh, I did, um, I've got a separated shoulder because I got slammed into, you know, the ground. Um, but yeah, I had to go in at quarterback and you really have to have that team mindset of, I've got to go and do whatever the team needs right now in this game versus next game. Um, and we had all these different formations um, kind of prepping for all sorts of scenarios. So, um, and, and Red is absolutely right. You can, you can't just rely on being physically ready. You have to be ready um, IQ wise. You have to know that playbook. You have to understand the concepts of plays so that you know what role everybody plays. And if you're put in a different role in that play, you get what you got, what the end goal is, and you can adjust. So, it, and, and you'll have in game adjustments. And that, if you have that understanding, you're allowed, you gives the flexibility to make adjustments according to your position on the field where you didn't expect them to do some things that they're, they're doing. So you can adjust to it. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. And, I, you know, we've spoken about it before on the podcast, how important it is to understand concepts. Um, and football IQ is such, uh, it doesn't need time on the field. Like it just takes research and it takes passion for learning. Um, so if the girls have downtime, like definitely do some more football IQ kind of stuff because it, it's invaluable, you know, to the point of, you know, those small little minute movements from an individual player can give you that leg up. So it's it's as much uh, psychologically and mentally as it is physically, which we've spoken about before. But let's talk about some Outback key players. Uh, so I had the opportunity to go down and see the girls in camp. Um, the girls are looking good. There's some definite talent out there, but let's have a look quickly over the offense. So we're looking um, from a quarterback perspective. Obviously, we've got our very own Danny DeGroote. Um, we've got Izzy Pollock and uh, Heather Marini repping in at quarterback. Uh, all 
three veteran veteran quarterback. Um, Moran, what's what's your feel on the quarterback perspective here? How important it is is it to have a veteran IQ in this position in this game? Vital. I think we've talked about the QB position before. They have a large cognitive workload. Um, they are the general of the team. They generally run it. Um, but I'm hoping that. Uh, every offensive player out there knows their job so that um, the quarterback just has to worry about the defense and uh, make adjustments or make calls and the coach just has to worry about and everybody knows how to um, if uh, if you know if they if we flip a call or change a call that they know what's happening Um, but that's where veterans come in where they they have the confidence to they see something they're reading the defense pre-snap or they've noticed something in the last play that they're able to change it up a little and have that experience of trusting their instinct, um, especially on the world stage, especially when you're uh, nervous um, and being able to trust your offensive players to um, trust in you and do what's asked. So, yeah, absolutely. That The QB is the key position on offense, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Red, having a look over the team sheet, who who stands out for you on offense on there who's, who's potentially going to be able to make some big plays? Uh, personally, look, I'm really looking forward to seeing Danny run that offense. Um, I just think that she's done her time in football. I think she's going to be great. Um, receivers, I, I don't know a lot of them. Obviously, Cody is one of my favorite players. I just love watching her play. I think she's a bit of a superstar. So I'd love to see that connection between Danny and Cody and see if they can get that rolling. Um, I personally haven't seen Izzy play quarterback a lot. Uh, so that's, you know, last time I went over there, Izzy was a receiver. I know she's a hell of an athlete. So it would be really interesting to see how she translate over, over to quarterback. I know other people have seen her do some great things. I've heard you guys talk about it before. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I'm really interested to see Izzy. I'm also, I've, I've been a big fan of Danny for a really long time, and Cody's just my standout for sure. Yeah, Cody's definitely, uh, you know, her work ethic, I think, has been amazing to watch her progression over the last uh, couple of years coming back from Seattle. Um, She's just this big body. You know, she's hard to guard. You know, I had to play against her at nationals. Um, she's big. She's aggressive. She'll get right in your face. And she's got hands. You know, she'll catch anything within a, a you know, a one meter radius of her. But, you know, one thing, one person that stands out for me is the movement from Jordan Demizio from D-line last Outback campaign to wide receiver for this campaign. I mean, Jordan's a hell of an athlete as well uh, and speedy. You know, she was responsible for uh, giving Queensland a pretty good run for their money in nationals. Moran, what do you think of uh, Jordan's move over to offense? Yeah, I think that's her position. I think she's probably um, found it difficult in the last Outback. I think she was injured as well, which didn't help. But, um, uh, yes, she's fast. Um, She can read a block. She will go up and get that ball. Um, she probably runs the ball after reception better than perhaps Cody. Cody's um, Cody's hard to bring down, hard to stop. Um, but uh, um, Demizio definitely has that speed as well, and she'll she'll go for it. She'll go for that end zone. But um, Cody just has the safest hands. Really, she has huge hands, man, and she can um, she can one hand catch that. She holds it, but um, you've, and then you've got the dynamicism of Demizio. So I think that will help the quarterbacks out too. If they, I'm, I'm not sure where they're standing their formation or what's going on, but you have one of those guys either side. That's, that's a nice um, thing for the quarterbacks to have some options. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, there's a couple of young receivers come through, uh, you know, looking at girls like Amanda Godfrey. Uh, we're looking at girls like um, Grace 
Murphy from ACT. Uh, so there's definitely talent back there. Red, from an O-line perspective, there's a couple of Rebels girls that we're pretty familiar with playing on the line uh, over there. And we've got we've got Ducky. What's what's the O-line look like from your perspective? Look, I, look, you've probably named them the ones that I know, to be honest. It's been kind of hard keeping track with who's in contention with COVID and everything like that. We haven't seen Melbourne for a little while. Uh, Queensland obviously didn't have a comp. New South Wales didn't have a comp last year. Um, so it's it's interesting. I know obviously Kira and Chrissy and Ducky, and Ducky's an absolute superstar. Like she's, you know, going up and playing against the men like it's nothing. Like, uh, like Ducky's just insane. Um, so she's obviously going to be a, a real leader on the O-line. Um, you know, I think Chrissy is a real workhorse. Like I think she's just, a, she's one of those players, like we talked about before being versatile. She's jumped in at quarterback. She's jumped in, jumped in it. She's like a real student of the game. She just loves the game and she'll do whatever it takes to get done. So she's a really good team player, which is what you need on the O-line. You can't have selfish people on the O-line. You've got to have the people who are ready to get in and get it done. Um, and Kira Boots is, for me, She's very athletic, like surprisingly athletic. Um, I saw her at the trials and everything. I just went down. I wasn't obviously playing, but I went down to check out the girls before I left. Um, yeah, and she's she's incredibly athletic and, and really quick-footed, so I think that she'll be beneficial on the line as well. So I, I'm really interested to see who these new girls are. I call them new. They could have been playing for years. I just haven't had a chance to really suss them out because it's a different O-line to what I played with in 2017. And I think that that's the problem. Uh, you know, we we, ha- we don't know what we're looking at because we haven't seen a lot of these girls in action, um, which, I mean, you roll the dice here. Like, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Uh, it, it could be great. It could not. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited to find out. Um, if we move over to the defense, uh, you know, it's looking solid. I mean, you've got your veterans over there. You've got Brandy Klukas playing. We've got Rochelle Ware playing. Kelly Whitehead's a little standout from South Australia. She's been playing with the men for years. We've got Maritha Hayes moving the uh, moving from wide receiver over to defensive end. Uh, we've got Sarah Stevens on the D-line. Dale McMillan on the D-line. Uh, Rihanna Edbrook has made a comeback uh, from 2017. Uh, so I think the box is looking pretty good at the moment. Uh, Moran, thoughts? Yeah, so probably the most interesting or controversial is um, a wide receiver moving to D-end. Not a common progression, um, but one thing that I've always um, vouched about Marissa is her ability to block and her physicality, uh, despite her light, I call it skinny, um, size. (laughs) Um, But she's also extremely extremely fast people don't realize because she's got that long lanky stride you don't realize how fast she is she's faster than I am um and so that speed off the edge along with her wide receiver hand tricky 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 um she can often get through pretty much unscathed and and make a uh, quite a good line to uh into the um uh, the backfield and give that quarterback grief so um if she obviously it's a big change um if she can use her speed to, to get around, she can cause some havoc. Um, and obviously you got Brandy, she's she's solid, man. She will take down anything that comes at her. Um, so I really like her in that middle or linebacker 
um, position as well. So, and they're, they're veterans, um, so they have been there before. They know what to expect. Um, when we went, we didn't know what to expect. So it'd be nice to see these guys coming back and seeing what they learned and what, what um, leadership they can give and advice they can give these people coming through. Because last time we had no idea. We're all in it new together. So it'll be nice to see how these girls come together. Yeah, and Red, you know, from a defensive perspective there, having that mix of veteran and, you know, like we're saying rookies here and we're using the term rookies really lightly because most of the girls are rookies to their Outback campaign, but there are some that haven't played a whole lot. Um, What's the benefit of having, you know, girls like Brandy and Rochelle uh, and Marissa on that side of the ball? Yeah, look, it's it's invaluable. It would have been nice <laughs> last time if we've had anybody who knew that what they were doing. Um, I think it was good that we had a couple of girls go over to the States and play, and so we had a little bit of insight into what was going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's it's invaluable to have those girls returning. Um, I think some of us wish that we could have done it. We could, you know, some of us going over to WNFC and there's people who just, you know, had babies and, and things like that. It would have been nicer to see more. Um, but I think it's just been a really hard couple of years for some people and, and it was hard to commit. Um, but, yeah, just having those, like, seeing Rihanna on the line when I saw that she, because she was a late addition, so seeing her come up, um, I'm really close friends with Rihanna Lehman. We call her Lemon. Um, and she's she's been playing for a really long time, but she's had two big injuries that she's fought back from. Like, this is well-deserved from her, I think. I think she's going to be... I think people really underestimate how strong that girl is. I train with her at the gym and she's insanely strong. So having her mixed in with people like Rihanna and Marissa who are going to give her that confidence um, and obviously Dale, they, these girls have played for a couple of years. They know what they're doing, but they, you know, this is a bigger scale than they've played before. So having those, having Rihanna and Marissa there to help them along, um, I think we'll see a lot of people really shine, people that, that do deserve to be there who, you know, a lot of people haven't seen play yet because of COVID (laughs) things like that. So yeah, just having Brandy is, of course, Brandy's just such a um, genuinely awesome, calm human to have on your team. I think that she's just a really good leader. And I think that she will really be able to help that defense shine for sure. Yeah, she definitely leads from the front, um, you know, and, and I'm look actually looking, really looking forward to seeing a couple of these newer girls come out, especially in the secondary. Um, we've got Brianne Tricky, who's played for a long time, um, and I'm excited to see what she can do on a world stage. But I'm actually even a little bit more excited to watch Gianna Floridas making her debut uh, for the Australian team and in the defensive back position. She's going to kill it as well. Um, I'm going to edit this out anyway. We've got nine minutes. Okay. Um, you know, let's, if we're looking at, you know, plus sides and downsides to this whole situation, I feel like despite of the situation of COVID, not playing for two seasons and only coming together for a first time this week, um, there's, there are positives that we can look at here. And I think the fact that no one actually knows what this team is going to look like is one of those. You know, defence is looking to be the stronger unit at the moment with more veteran players, like we've just said. Um, you know, but their talent and their skill uh, and offensively, you know, from a receiving perspective, like we said, the team looks good. And with veteran quarterbacks, I feel like an air raid offense really suits this team, especially with OC Matt Jenkins at the helm. Guys, the potential is here. Given that they haven't been together as long as the 2017 had before uh, we flew out, uh, what are going to be some of the sticking points here to ensure success from a cohesion standpoint here, Red? So, I mean, I'm talking like team morale mentality. Like how can the girls 
create this culture in such a short amount of time? Yeah, look, I think that that is the biggest thing. I think that um, although we had a great campaign in 2017, there it was very individual for a while. I think that with everybody was very focused on like getting their thing done and all that sort of stuff. It was almost like quite competitive against each other and things like that. Whereas I think that Australians just really thrive off mateship. And I think that that's when we go into battle together, that's where we really shine. And so I think that having a focus on that, this campaign and really bringing out um, that doing it for your sister on the line, all that sort of stuff, I think is is really important, that team building and stuff like that. So I hope that they're focusing on that. I really do. I think that that's just as important as the football side of things is just making sure that you don't want that girl behind you getting hit. Um not just so you're great, but so she can be great. I think that it really needs to be a selfless team that goes over because we've all had such a shit run these last couple of years. It need, you need to be doing it for everyone. We need to be doing it to get women's football. Honestly, that's been a little bit tough for a couple of the states with women's football. Some success over in the World Cup might really just spark something. Um, people might be excited <laughs> to, to throw their hat in the ring and things like that next time. So it could really do a lot for the women's game. Um yeah, I think it'll be interesting. One thing that I'm really there's a, there's a position change that I'm I'm really interested to see, and that was Riley going to DB. Um, I know that she can play that. I personally think Riley is probably the best receiver in in the country. I think she's phenomenal. Um, so I'm thinking that we might see there's there's a couple of people who might be going either way here. Again, we haven't seen a lot of these people for a while. So I think Riley might be one of those ones who, like Jordan did last time, Jordan was the kick returner. She played safety. She played D-line. She played receiver. I think we might see that from Riley as well. So some of these girls might really stand up and, and yeah, put the team on their back. It'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely keen. Definitely keen. I mean, if we if we briefly look over Team Canada, um, you know, there's – bunch of girls returning from the 2017 campaign um, but there's specifically two running backs that I need to look at here and we're looking at Kendra Nash who played in Calgary, Hannah McEwen who played for the Texas Elite Spartans um, and then they're running a couple of fullbacks as well. They're, they're talking common girls who played uh, for the WWCFL Championship um, and then they've got some great receivers uh, and their quarterback is returning from 2017 um, and they have SFU kicker who we featured on the podcast before, uh, Christy Elliott. So it's going to be a big matchup, you guys, and, I, and I'm super keen to watch this one. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. I think I'm going to start with you, Moran, on this one. <clears throat> we're making bold predictions. Scoreline, Outback v Canada. What do you got? Look, I, I think the well, Australian team has gone through some adversity. I'm hoping that they're being denied have, being able to play for so long will um, get them out there raring to go. I really hope that they get some points on the board. I think it will go Canada's way. But my goal for Australia is to get this game to be that confidence lift where they can get themselves over into that end zone. So I'm hoping for at least six 
points for Australia Police. And I, I think um, Canada, they, if I remember correctly, you know, they started solidly, but they really built um, throughout the campaign and they played an amazing game in the in the final again, final championship against um, US. So I don't think it'll be a huge blowout score, but I think I would just like to see Australia get points on the board um, and just prove to themselves that they can, they can do it and they can pull it off and they can execute. So I'm, I want another name there getting points for Australia. Yeah, indeed. Red, score prediction. What do you got? Look, like Christy said, we've scored on them before. It would be nice to prove that we can do it again. Um, so we know that our talent is there. I Something in me, and it, I don't know, something's telling me that we might have gotten hit harder in terms of American football with COVID, um, that Canada, you guys watched the trial game, the selection game, there's a lot of girls there and they were pretty damn good. So I think it's going to be tough. Uh, and again, I would love to see like 12 points on the board. I would, I would really love that from Australia. I think that would actually get them really raring to go for the rest of the campaign. Um, and I don't want to sell them short. I would love for the girls to come away from the win. You wouldn't hear anyone screaming louder um, at the TV if, if that was to happen. I would absolutely love that for the ladies to to come away with. Um, I think it's going to be more of a 30 to 12, somewhere around that scoreline because we're coming up against a class act. I think that, you know, Moran and I and, and even you, Stace, we were, we were watching that game against USA and I just – kind of want Canada to really get after it this year and I and I really want to see how close that final game can be because we all really think it's going to be them um yeah I'd say like 30 to 12 and that you know when I was over in Mississippi we went against Texas and we scored twice against them which no one had done before and I was bouncing around after that game it doesn't always feel like a loss when you go up against a great great well like well-oiled machine and you actually come away with a couple of chinks in their armor, it feels great. So I, I would love that for these ladies too. Yeah. Yeah. You touch on a good point there. Definitely. And I actually had a pretty similar score line. I'm going 28 to 12. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. You know, coming, playing a good team and losing feels almost the same as winning against, you know, an average team. So yeah, I'm all with that. But guys, Game one is this Saturday, 8 p.m. Sydney time. If you can find the live stream on the link on the Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia Instagram page and it's streaming live on the Olympic channel, we will be covering every game with a breakdown episode and a special Women in Gridiron post-game episode. So there's plenty of content to come for this campaign and we're so stoked to be able to cover it. Red, it's been awesome um, to have you on the show again. Hope you come back for another Outback special episode this week. Um, but that's all we've got the time for tonight. Like I said, we're going to be covering everything Outback for the next few episodes. So set whatever you listen to your podcast on to auto download to make sure you don't miss anything over the next two weeks. We've got some special guests lined up and we hope to check in with Danny while she's over there. So follow us on the socials. We've teamed up with the Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia social media team and we will be pumping out content with them just trying to up the profile of this momentous occasion. We're hoping that some of the girls hear some of these episodes and want to give the sport a go this season. Until next week, go out back. We will see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. Team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.